Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. In this episode, we're looking at the SPACs boom in the US. I spoke to Troy Hooper, head of IPO and SPAC content for the Americas. Welcome, Troy. Hi. Looking at SPAC activity, what, what have you seen in the first quarter of this year? Well, this year has been an incredible year for SPAC activity. Um, We've seen more than 300 SPACs raise $97 billion in the first three months of the year. And that's a a new quarterly record. Um, But not only that, that's more um, deal volume and number of SPACs that have listed on a U.S. exchange. Uh, It's more than all of last year's activity combined. So in one quarter, we equaled a full uh, year's worth of last year's activity, which was also an annual record. And what can that massive increase in activity be attributed to? Well, I think it's a confluence of factors. Um, most of all, the U.S. stock markets have been very uh, attractive lately. Uh, fiscal stimulus, as well as easy monetary policy with low interest rates, have created a climate where um, public companies are are do- performing very well on the New York Stock Exchange as well as the NASDAQ. And so a lot of companies um, that are private are um, choosing to go public as opposed to raise private capital because they're receiving higher valuations in the public market. So that's a big driver. And what proportion of IPOs have been SPACs in, in the US and also further afield? Yeah, on the US exchanges, SPACs have accounted for nearly 70% of all IPOs uh, in the first quarter, which is uh, obviously a pretty um, head-turning statistic. And globally, SPACs made up nearly a half of all IPO activity on stock changes, on stock exchanges in the first quarter. So pretty sizable figures. And I mean, it's something we, we've seen SPACs previously, but it seems to be this is the, the runaway trend of the moment. Looking at the deal or acquisition rate of SPACs, what are those numbers looking like? How successful are they at actually doing deals? Yeah, so there's definitely a flood of um, SPACs that are uh, that have entered the market and are out there hunting for uh, M and A targets. Um, and so there's there's certainly a, um, a a surplus of these SPACs that are out there. But that said, you know many of them are uh, landing deals. We've seen more than 90 businesses announce mergers with SPACs uh, in the first quarter, and that's uh, created about $218 billion in combined deal volume. Is that just in the US or is that globally? Um, Yes, that's globally. Can you talk us through some of the companies that might be using SPACs as a a route to market? Because there are some big names out there and there are also some some less well-known companies, aren't there? There are. We're, We're seeing deals happening across sectors. Uh, so some of the bigger names would be uh, SoftBank-backed WeWork, the uh, co-working space provider. Um, you know, they had previously attempted an IPO that uh, they had to pull when um, <clears throat> some of their uh, financials uh, were not as uh, rosy as they had uh, originally appeared. Uh, but they've sort of uh, reinvented themselves a bit, fixed their uh, financials, and now they've agreed to a... Um, deal with a SPAC, and they are expected to go public this year. Um, Some of the other bigger names would be Lucid Motors, um, Social Finance, which is a a large financial services 
platform um, that's very popular with millennials and some of the younger generations. And um, another big name would be Cypher Mining, which is a, a Bitcoin miner. And um, that deal was uh, announced earlier this quarter. And I'd like to come on to the protections that could be put in place for sponsors or consideration for sponsors in a minute. But what about the risks associated with SPACs? Because it's a much easier route to market for a company. It doesn't attract the same kind of scrutiny as if it was going through the full IPO process. Do investors need to be more cautious about investing in SPACs compared to a traditional IPO? Historically, SPACs were considered... um more of a, uh, a second option for companies. Uh, it didn't always attract the cream of the crop. It was often some of the, uh, the lesser known uh, businesses that would choose that route. Um, but things have changed a bit. Um, now we're starting to see a lot of, you know, top tier, uh, well-respected and, and well-liked um, businesses that are choosing the SPAC route. And that's uh, in large part because we're seeing a, um, a, a whole new generation of investors that are sponsoring these SPACs. So we have uh, well-known hedge fund managers like Bill Ackman. We have some top-tier private equity firms like Gores, uh, as well as some venture capitalists and even uh, some investment banks. Uh, even Goldman Sachs has, has sponsored uh, a SPAC of its own. So you're starting to see um, sort of more credibility uh, going into the market. That said, um, you know, investors should always be cautious anytime they're investing in a public market. And the SEC here in the U.S. has actually issued warnings um, to investors to be cautious about uh, following celebrities into SPACs. There's been quite a few celebrities here who are either uh, sponsoring SPACs or investing in SPACs. Uh, So the SEC has has warned investors to be cautious around that. Uh, And then there's... Also, some things that investors should keep an eye on if, if a, you know, typically a SPAC has a, uh, a two-year time frame uh, to close a deal. So we have seen instances where SPACs have closed a deal at the kind of the, in the 11th hour. And, um, you know, those, so those deals have not been looked at very favorably. And at least in one case uh, with this company, Waiter, uh, it's a food delivery company, uh, it it resulted in a class action lawsuit with the investors claiming that the SPAC did not uh, perform the sort of due diligence that they uh, would have liked. And uh, they also felt like they were slightly misled in terms of the company's you know, business prospects. Yeah. And interestingly, Deliveroo in the UK has recently listed in London through a traditional IPO route and its share price went down quite dramatically, I think, as soon as it listed. So you can have problems either way, whether you pursue the SPAC or the traditional IPO route to market. And you mentioned earlier about sponsors. What should they consider when involved in a SPAC? Yes. The most important thing for sponsors to do is to make sure that they fully disclose uh, any potential conflicts of interest they may have. Um, So we have seen situations where a sponsor of a SPAC may have an interest in uh, the target company that they ultimately purchase, um, which may on the surface appear to be a a conflict of interest. But so long as they make those disclosures and are completely transparent, um, legal advisors I've spoken to have said, you know, that should be enough um, to, you know, quell any sort of conflict of interest complaints. Uh, another good thing to do is to um, instill guardrails in place. 
Um, and you could do, uh, you know, some of these, some guardrails that the SPACs will consider would be forming a special committee to, in obtaining a fairness opinion uh, in order to make sure that investors feel as though uh, all the due diligence has been performed and that the deal that's being executed is in their best interest. You mentioned earlier about the company that it took two years to complete. Are you seeing the process speed up more? Um, yes, we have. So uh, as you mentioned, the typical time frame is, is two years for a SPAC to complete a deal. Um, although every deal is different. Some of them only have 12 months. Some of them have 18 months. Oftentimes when they get to that two-year period, they can ask, ask for an extension. Um, but what we've noticed recently is that some of these SPACs are closing deals uh, much quicker than they have historically. Uh, so, for example, there was a, a SPAC called Northern Star Investment 2. It's the second uh, SPAC from this sponsor. And they closed a deal in less than a month after their IPO. Wow. And what about more complicated deals? What about three-way mergers? Yeah. So, three-way mergers is a sort of a newer trend that we've uh, noticed in the last several weeks. And um, what appears to be happening there is some of these uh, small to mid-sized businesses that are eager to go public and take advantage of the attractive uh, IPO, you know, uh, or public market climate, they are combining uh, in order to, to make themselves um, more uh, attractive to public investors and um, more attractive to SPACs. And since there are so many SPACs out there hunting for deals, um, you know, the, it's, it's kind of a win-win because you have um, these businesses that are, would like to go public. You have the, the uh, buyers that are looking for targets. Uh, so I think we're going to see more of that going forward. And sounds like it's a good time to be an investment banker. So the SPAC boom has mainly been in the US. In a recent episode, I spoke to Europe's ECM editor, Sophia Sakera about how London's looking to get in on the action. How closely do you think other regions are following what's going on in the US to see if there's something there that they could replicate? Or do you think it will be more of a US-based trend? Well, last year was certainly more of a US-based trend. But this year, we are definitely seeing um, other regions get in on the action. Um, and I'm certain that many of the investors and advisors in other uh, regions of the world are, are watching what's happening in the US very closely. Uh, and we're really kind of seeing two different things play out in that respect. Uh, on the one hand, because there is such heated competition for uh, targets amongst the U.S.-based SPACs, we're starting to see some of these U.S. SPACs uh, look for targets overseas. Um, so a, a few of those, uh, in fact, there would be the British online car retailer Kazoo. Uh, that is a, um, a, a business that recently agreed to a, a SPAC deal. Um, there's even a, a flying taxi startup out of Germany called Lilium uh, that also agreed to a, uh, a deal with a SPAC this quarter, or this in, the first, in the first quarter, I should say. And um, we have you know, other regions of the world, such as in India, there's a renewable energy player named Renew Power that agreed to a U deal with a U.S. SPAC. Uh, there's an OTT media business called Asian Vision, Vision Network that's out of Indonesia, and they've also agreed to a deal with a U.S. SPAC. And finally, um, an Israeli financial services for firm uh, that many investors use for crypto trading called eToro uh, has also agreed to a deal with a SPAC. Uh, and then on top of that, you also have um, some SPACs that are beginning to list on some of the foreign exchanges as well. 
That was Troy Hooper, head of IPO and SPAC content for the Americas. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, check out our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. 